Okay, boys, it's time for Modern Gaming. Red Leaf Retrocast. We're going modern times here. It's episode 36. It's been a hot minute since our last episode. I'm the I host, like JD. Jay, don't you interrupt me on election day. <laughs> the fate of my country is uh, in the hands of the place where I went to college that one time. That's why you're wearing the Michigan Tech shirt. Ooh. It is a coincidence, actually. <laughs> Look, my country but we is are fine. going with it now. My country is fine. It's your, your country, country is always having fire. election issues. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> Look, currently, my country is fine. There's no election here. <laughs> In this current moment we speak, Australia is okay, kind of, sort of. It's Maybe. not on fire I mean, this time. There's no fire, but there are things that can kill me around every corner and under every toilet seat. Also, there's a third person here, and I don't like it. There's too many people here. This is a two-person podcast, JD. No, I have brought in a third, and my mom will join us at the end of the cast to review Spelunky 2. Ooh. Yes. I'm actually curious to hear what she says about that. I'm very intrigued. Yes, we have quite a few games to talk about. We got the September and October games. We're doing a two-monther yet again. We got Spelunky 2, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Hades, Genshin Impact. I'm sure Kay will have something to say about that. Oh, Tony yeah, Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster. I think Jay has something to say about that. I got lots to say about that. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Super Mario I think Bros. JD has something to say about I that. I have a lot to say about that. Super Mario Bros. 35. And we're squeezing this one in here because it's pretty shitty. Watch Dogs Legion. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought that piece of crap. We'll, oh, we'll get to that. I can't wait. Uh, Shit your money back. So let's see here. Oh, I already have. I returned it and picked up the um friggin' dark pictures thingy, which I haven't played yet. But oh, it's good. probably I expect not you as good to return as... that one too. <laughs> hey, I'm just killing time until Valhalla comes out and Yakuza Seven next week. Give me some slack. Yakuza Seven came uh comes out on the tenth. Yeah, it's already getting decent reviews. Well, Valhalla is getting decent reviews too, and they both come out on the tenth. So it's really a question as to whether or not I play Valhalla first or Yakuza Seven. Wait a minute, Valhalla. Let's see here. No, not the Spider-Man comes out if you guys later. Spider-Man. I got the Spider-Mans. Spider-Man comes out a few days later, though. It's not coming out on the tents. I don't see any reviews for Assassin's Creed Valhalla already. Seen no <laughs> none of these things. Everything I'm saying about it just makes it look like Odyssey, but in the UK, which is fine. Assassin's Creed Valhalla video game. No, there's no reviews out for it yet. What a disappointment. See, the, the thing is, like, so the reason you're lying to me, Jay. Video, on listen, election day. Re- I can't believe Damn it. Damn it, Jenny. <laughs> the reason there are reviews for the friggin' Yakuza game already is because it's already been out for, like, six months. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course, there's a review for a game that's already out. Of course. But not the English version, you fool. Is it going to be English dubbed or are they just subtitling it? I don't know. Please don't dub it. Who cares? Hey, Judgment didn't have a terrible dub. Neither did it, listen uh, to the dub. Neither did Zero. Did Zero, Zero have a dub? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Zero, Zero had a dub? dub? I always no? forget. Was it? I always forget. I don't, it. I, think... I don't think it was. Was it? So was Yakuza, Yakuza 1, back on the PS2, was dubbed, and it was terrible. And then Judgment was dubbed. I don't know about any of the others. Look, Jay, you can't blame early 2000s dubbing, all right? <laughs> hey, Mark Campbell was Majima, so... Right, right, I, I, I take it back. That is the greatest casting in the history of mankind. That's the only good casting on that entire cast list, though. Fantastic. 
All right, where are we starting? Uh, well, I'll just give my kind of uh, brief thoughts over Spelunky 2, since everyone clearly asked. Currently has a Metacritic score of 86. It's one of the better games of 2020. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, this year has been uh, almost the best. Some would say the best year. <laughs> Jada, we've had a fantastic time playing games this year. I don't know what you're talking about. Actually, yes, I have. It has been a great year for video games. Lots of lots of time <laughs> to play video games. Indeed. Yeah, so it's a it's a sequel to the roguelike platform adventure game that we all knew and loved from I think f six years ago. I think it came out twenty. I'm gonna hazard a wild guess here and say that was called Spelunky. Uh, it would be correct. That's a damn good guess. Awesome. Yes, action platformer, roguelike. Uh, rated T for T. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because blood and something or another. Um, so yeah. I'm going to read this little summary here from Metacritic because I'm already at it. Builds upon unique randomized challenges that made the original a roguelike classic, offering a huge adventure designed to satisfy players old and new. Meet the next generation of explorers as they find themselves on the moon! Searching for treasure and missing family. Uh, so it's Spelunky on the moon. It is... The moon, though. It is Spelunky on the Moon. It's the short version is it's basically the same game as the first one, just with extra little quirks. It's pretty much everything you want in a sequel without it being a completely new weird spin on the game, like Yakuza Seven's gonna be. <laughs> so uh, the the new traps are fun and interesting. It's an easy game to get wrapped up in, and you find yourself playing for hours. Here's my short version of the uh, of uh, Spelunky 2. I love the little art design. The music is much improved, I think, from the first game. Uh, anyone else uh, play the Spelunky? Didn't say I have. You've kind of covered everything that needs to be touched on. Sure, why not? I don't care if this podcast is 30 minutes. <laughs> That's the spirit. That's the spirit. All right. <laughs> well, that was easy. Uh, let's do Hades next. So Hades, I played the piss out of this game. It is fucking awesome. It's, uh, I would say, better than Spelunky 2. It currently, uh, it's getting a lot of uh, Game of the Year award awards nominations. Yes. That. Let's see. I got it on the Nintendo, mm, yes, Nintendo Switch. Yes. Oh my god, did I play it on the Switch or the PS... Yeah. No, Switch, yes. I'm not, I'm not crazy, you're crazy. You got very unsure of yourself. <laughs> god, oh, I haven't played it in like two weeks, so. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're really enjoying that game. I am really enjoying that game. Uh, it has a 93 on Metacritic. Uh, it's made by... The reason why I took a, a spin on this game when it first came out was it's made by Supergiant Games, uh, the Transistor people. Bastion? Those people? Yes? Heard of Bastion? Yes. We've all heard of Bastion. So, the what I love about Supergiant Games is every game they make is different from the last one, but it's still kind of in that same simplistic uh, art style, and um, it's you could argue it's probably all made in the same engine. But uh, this is a roguelike dungeon crawler. Um... You play as uh, the son of Hades, actually, and what you do is you go uh, level to level, and you get upgrades via gifts from the gods, and those are your kind of 
rogue abilities, uh, per se. And the more you take from one god over another, the the more you're affiliated with that god, and it, that's your kind of level up system in this roguelike. Uh, you there's four bosses in the game. I am super stuck on the third one. <laughs> it's really hard. I've been stuck on there for three weeks. Yes, three weeks. I've been stuck very on that hard boss. boss. It's very difficult. Uh, I'm really having trouble with it. I should probably just count my losses and start looking up uh, Google Let's Plays on how to beat this fucker. But um, the dialogue is super interesting. The art style is great. Uh, it's very much something you can dive into and keep playing over and over again. I have yet to meet and talk to anybody who dislikes this game. Uh, it is a by God game of the year contender uh pretty damn easy it's uh very in, it, it, the the controls are super tight uh the weapon choices you know spear sword you what have it and then you can uh get various upgrades that way what's what's uh what i really love about it is the is the um object of choice through uh through stages where Let's say there's two doors. One has one door has an upgrade to say I don't know get certain amount of health back, while the other one uh, tells you, hey, I can I there's a uh, uh, gift from this god there. So you find yourself kind of memorizing the symbols for each each uh, Greek god that's involved. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, new voicemail. That's uh, probably that's actually probably GameStop about my Assassin's Creed Valhalla <laughs> pre-order. <laughs> so, who else has played Hades? I have not, but mm. I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it. Uh, I'm just not very big on roguelikes. It's not my uh, genre of choice. Well, two for two for the roguelikes. I am not generally a roguelike guy, but uh, a game does come around uh, sometimes where find myself really addicted. Spelunky 2 and Hades is very much my jam. Uh, Dead Cells was, I believe, last year. Last year or 2018, whichever year that was. That was very much my jam. It was just too difficult. Uh, I find myself... I, f I found myself pretty stuck in that game, too. I probably could have grinded a little bit more to get better. Maybe honed my skills. Just impatient about it, and other games came out. Hades, I don't find the grind all that super difficult or jarring. I just haven't gotten back to the game because I've I went I dove right into uh finishing Yakuza 4 and uh playing Yakuza 5. <laughs> so um, I've looked up stuff of it. Oh go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. So I've looked up stuff of it and the top down portion of it reminds me a lot of this game Ruiner. I don't know if you've played that before. Not familiar now. Uh it's uh not a roguelike, but it's like a top down sort of shooters slash hack and slash game. Very cyberpunky. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely recommend it if you kind of want to try it out. It's like twenty bucks on the eShop and on PlayStation. That's okay. sort of what it reminds me of the top-down portion of it, at least. And I've played that game. Yeah, it's got a pseudo isometric type view to it, but uh, usually that uh, that may cause uh, depth perception issues with how you attack enemies and and jumping. But uh, never found myself having that issue in this game. Uh, I love the camera work and how the character remains centered, but yet the the camera still sort of moves with the character, so that's really nice. Uh, there's little tricks, tricks and quirks to 
getting around certain enemies, especially when you think you're a little bit under leveled, like you just your your type of build you're going to and the way it's kind of RNGing out, uh, just maybe hasn't gone your way. You can still find ways to uh, uh, manipulate levels and stages to your advantage. So there's there's uh, like the uh, uh, what's called stage two, where it, there's a lot of lava everywhere. You can manipulate enemies where they can't quite go over the lava. So you can, if you have a spear, you can get the reach and they can't really reach you. There's really neat things like that. You, there's a, there's a throwing ability that you can upgrade. Uh, agility. It's it's super tight. I see almost nothing wrong with this game really at all. Uh, other than I kind of wish the the variety in boss battles was there. And what I mean by that is is I kind of wish there was more because there's only to my knowledge the four bosses and then the game and then you beat it. So they had to make each boss battle sort of this this higher difficulty level to get to the next stage. I think I would have done is say eight bosses, maybe not as hard, so it seems like you're making progress uh, a little bit quicker, and you're not finding yourself playing it over and over and over again. Because I've seen people play this, you know, thirty plus hours. That seems excessive for even a roguelike of with just kind of let's call it four stages, right? Because I just got done playing Hollow Knight, and that was excessively too long, in my opinion. Even though it's, again, a really tight and great game, there is such thing as too much, uh, just for the sake of longevity in your experience. My one complaint right. about it. Right. Yeah. Alright. Let's see. Next up on the list is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And ah. before you... Go on with this, K. I'm gonna pull up the little Metacritic here. Sentinels. Hope I spelled that right. Of course I didn't. <laughs> JD, I thought you were the educated one here. Oh, I have time spelling it too. Wearing a bloody Michigan Tech shirt and can't even spell Sentinels. Uh oh. Okay. That's how you spell it. Well done. I did not spell it N E L S. I was a fool. <laughs> I'm still... Yeah, I've had a time spelling it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been having issues with it too. Spelling yes. it. I everything. believe it's a PS4 exclusive. It is. 86 on Metacritic. Uh, 9.0 user <laughs> score, so very good. Uh, the summary from Metacritic, it, well, we'll see if uh, how accurate this is and how much it doesn't say. A departure from the studio's traditional fantasy style, the studio's vanillaware, by the way. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Game takes place in a modern setting punctuated with giant mechs. Although the world may be bleak, uh, vanillaware's signature artistic shine and gorgeous aesthetics will bring... Okay, this tells me nothing. <laughs> Here, let Kay, me tell, tell you about, about this game. All right, Kay. That's my boy. This game is, of course, not complicated at all. Please inform the viewers who have never played this game what this game is, what it's about, and uh, I guess it's plot, sort of. <laughs> uh, main part where you go through character stories. So you start the game off with about six characters. You go through each other prologues. Um, and from there, they each have branching story points that you can do. So you click one character, and then you could get certain key phrases, which are usually like the thing called the thought cloud. There's usually things that let you contemplate uh, words that are instead of keywords. 
And some of them allow you to talk to people using said keywords, asking them about certain things you've been told. And those will unlock additional routes. And the second half of this game is a um, sort of very basic kind of looking uh, mech strategy game. Um, it's active time, so it's going on as you're doing your turn, so there's no pauses in combat, really. Uh, it's You don't get to see the mechs, except for like on the side, when you collect on the character. Each character has a sentinel, and there's, like I think, three generations of sentinels, each one sort of prioritizing in certain things. Uh, one long-ranged, one more close-ranged, and one more versatile. But the, the story portion is done in a side-scrolling fashion, so it's kind of like a side-scroller where you go back and forth in the level two. Um, the bulk of the game so far takes place in 1985. However, it is at 1985. Uh, there's a lot of time travel. There's a lot of uh, aliens. There's kaiju. There's mech battles. There's different dimensions. And then there's androids. Doesn't sound now, confusing at all. <laughs> when you say that, it kaiju. sounds very confusing, and it sounds like it should be a hot mess. But what the game does very, very well is it'll sprinkle bits of information within dialogue to you. So it'll explain stuff to you, like the character will talk about stuff, and you'll kind of know some of the stuff, but there'll be certain things you maybe don't know or aren't explained as in-depth, right? Um, like the kaijus, for example, right? The kaijus are very mechanical. Okay, okay. I have a very important question. Yes. Is one of the kaijus Shoko Nakajima? Uh, uh, no, no. I wish she was, Damn. though. It'd be great. Damn. But, um, so, the kaijus are mechanical. And right off the bat, when you think kaijus, you think, like, Godzilla, right? You think more creatures, right? Yeah, like King this Kong, game... Godzilla, Mothra, all them. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, very, very giant monsters, right? But these are all machines, right? But they're calling them kaijus. And even referring to them as, like, sort of their own versions of the Godzilla and other kaijus... So it dances around it a little bit, but it keeps that information in the back of your brain. And then a little bit later, in one of the character stories, they find out what they actually are, and it makes all the sense in the world. But then it gives you more questions. And then it continues to trickle these sort of questions and answers in a satisfying way. It doesn't like leave you hanging. It'll answer a giant question, and then it'll leave you with more questions on top of that answer. And it, none of it doesn't make sense that makes any sense um each of the characters that are in the story because there's a total of 13 uh you start off with six and as you go through stories you unlock some of the other characters and go through their stories and some of them intertwine with each other and so you'll find out information like say one character for instance um stumbles upon this bathroom right the girl's bathroom and it's destroyed and she's trying to figure out what happened to her friend and why this bathroom is destroyed right because part of her story is uh investigating why her friend went missing her friend being the uh sort of tomboyish track and field person and the character in question trying to figure out about her being the uh, Sukaban character, the delinquent girl, right? Mm -hmm. She finds these glasses that belong to another character, these red glasses that are very, very um, obviously hers, right? She's the one that wears these glasses. And she, so she goes and questions her about it. Her character's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been there. One of the characters that's talking to her, another main character, says, oh, but I've seen you there. And then another character says, no, but she was at the gate with us. And then you find out there was two of her. Right? And then it gives you questions, right? So you find out kind of that she was there. There was two of her there now all of a sudden. And then when it answers that question in another character's story. So another character, the 
uh, track and field character, the, the friend, goes into this bathroom. And then you find out why, one, there's a second version of this character, and two, why the bathroom is destroyed. So it sort of crisscrosses some of these stories, and then some things that are brought up are referenced later stories. So what the kaijus are are in this one character stories, but it's followed up upon in two other character stories as to why they're what they are and what their purposes are. It does it in a very satisfying way, I think. Um, and I think the best analogy I've heard for how it sort of drops these clues to you is uh, it'll drop what's like these stiff jabs, right? To use sort of a boxing reference, right? These like stiff jabs that kind of will leave you a bit surprised, a bit stunned, sometimes shocked, right? At sort of the revelations coming about in a good way, shocked, right? And then you get to a certain character stories and it just hits you with freaking haymakers like, to the point where I've had to put the game down because I'm like, oh my God, I got to process all of this, right? Uh, just big stuff been revealed in some of the stuff and sort of one of the other sort of things to find out information in the game is going through the, the battles right the battles are on a separate screen and aren't tied to the story though you kind of need to do some of the battles to unlock what's called mystery files and right, certain yes. character stories will lock yeah certain character stories will lock after a certain amount of progress in them and some of them require you to have x amount of mystery files to which you have to go to the combat portion and do well in the combat portion and that'll give you mystery files that can, either, that can unlock some of the other information in the sort of third screen that sort of has all this compendium information in it. And so it gives you a reason to kind of flip through, flip through all three screens. So it's uh, very well done. Um, I think, I want to say by the time I'm done with this game, if it sticks the landing, it'll probably be my favorite game in terms of story. Because it is just done so well. And then the art is incredibly gorgeous, as well as the music. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the art and music, because I think that's its strongest point of the game. The art is a uh, is much like a visual novel of an anime you'd play on, like, Steam. Uh, however, because it's uh, free-moving and the usage of things like light and music, and it really sets it apart from just just coming across, like, a basic visual novel. There's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, the thought bubbles that come up as you're interacting with other characters get you to process the information at your own rate, uh, which I really appreciate. Because this game does just drop you the fuck in. It is... it uh, Maybe to its detriment, because there's so much information that you just don't know when you start the game. It, it, it almost felt like I, uh, you're watching an anime, and you came in at, like, episode 7. Right? You go, okay, I don't know where we are, what's going on, but these things are happening in front of me. I guess this is what's going to happen. But as you play through the prologue of each initial character, it does do a good job in, in piecing together uh, at least the basics of what you're missing from your initial jarring experience. So uh, I'll, I'll, gi I'll, give a, I'll, I'll give another example of, of at least my initial response because that first hour i i played it i was like i don't know if this is for me i don't know what's going on right and then right. you spoke so highly of it Kay, and uh i i i am i was so enamored with the artwork and and what was going on and and even the battle system to an extent i was like all right i'll i'll, I'll give this another trial start over i'll pay better attention to it maybe i just wasn't in the mood for it and I played, uh, I, what I did was I played an hour a night, so it came out to about, like, two prologue, <laughs> two prologue characters. I got, uh, about four hours into the game, and 
it it does this wacky cliffhanger thing at the end of each prologue where it's oh but you are actually time traveling to 2065 or whatever the year it was and <laughs> there's a giant mech it's war of the worlds oh but now you got to play this character and now you're in 1942 <laughs> it's like okay right i guess we're going back there why are we in 42 why is that the same character oh that's interesting i guess we'll find out and you kind of get uh and there's a lot of anime tropes in it sure it's kind of par for the course uh l- luckily it's not it's not over overbearing in that regard so i think it holds back on too many of the tropes so that is that is a warning i have you're gonna have to give this game it's time to settle in and be patient in piecing those the the information uh together because if you don't do that you're you're probably not gonna have a good time with it uh my comparison to the game i was i was thinking about this was uh we played a game for the retro gaming podcast because i gotta plug that sucker over there red leaf retrocast uh, called front mission i like the front mission series uh anime type story uh uh strategy game uh with mechs right sounds familiar uh, right. Where 13 Sentinels uh, is different is Front Mission is all about the strategic mech battles while the story is kind of the secondary piece. 13 Sentinels, the story is the prime uh, focus while the battles are secondary. Not right. to say and that I... the story in Front Mission's bad, not to say the mech battles in 13 Sentinels is bad. They're just not the prime main focus of the game. Right, and I think I'll follow up on the sort of giving it time. I think you, when uh, I had spoke of it with you originally, uh, I was frustrated with the game and sort of the level of progression that was going on. I was getting very frustrated. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to advance the plot. And then I found this neat little thing that I don't think it described to me, or if it did, I wasn't paying attention in my frustration. By hitting the square button, you get to see, one, the amount of paths that branch off from the one you're currently on, and sometimes the keyword required to getting to said path and once i did that and it started answering more questions and i started becoming so enthralled i think i once i did that i think i spent seven or eight hours non-stop just playing the game and then the next right. day i couldn't stop thinking about the game because it was so interesting to me right it's definitely give you to give time you got you got to give it time but it's gonna be so worth it when you do i i, I can assure you of anyone of that it's very well done yeah, it, do you know it's, how uh, many? Go go for it, Jay. I was gonna say, do you know how many endings are off the game? Or I'm sure there's an ending for each character. Or uh, I right. do not. It, it it's I'm definitely a long. Actually, I'm gonna look look up this. How long to beat? I have <laughs> tried to avoid even looking up guides, as I don't want to spoil any of the game. That's why I'm trying not to spoil any much of the story. Uh, because the points in the story where revelations are happening, the big points in the story are almost what keeps you going. It's like the, the big hook for the game is these big plot points and how how things are revealed and how things are played out. So very, very how long important. the beat pegs this game at 37 and a half hours? So some reason I was thinking it'd be like a Final Fantasy game where it hit the hit the upper 40s, uh, low end 60s. For game time, how come this thing doesn't? Excuse me, Jay. I didn't say anything. Uh, okay. So yeah, Thirteen Sentinels is uh, very much worth spending your time with. 
It's very interesting. If you're into wacky time travel, deep story oriented, uh, I'll call it a visual novel with mech, with mech battles <laughs> uh, as the gameplay. If you're into that, uh, it is it is a forewarning, though, that it's a lot of information that you really need to pay close attention to. Uh, and hopefully you enjoy a time travel aspect uh, anime, because that's really what it, it is at the end of the day. Agreed, Kay? I mean, it, I think it's a little bit deeper and more than that, but I definitely don't want to spoil some of those things that right. definitely come of that. All right, well... Uh, any thoughts, Jay? Um, I guess I'm curious. Like, just as I said before, I just wonder how many endings there are. Like, there's one per character, or, or like, there's one penultimate ending. Well, I definitely if, don't want to find that out just because I don't want to spoil it for myself. Well, I could probably guess that it's one of two ways, just with, with the way it presents itself an ending for each individual character, or you play out, or it could be something like Octopath Traveler, because that's what that's what that was, playing out an ending for each character, right? right. Or uh, you finish the mainline story of each character, and then once you've completed all that, then it shifts into one solid, complete ending, which I think would be better. I think that's probably what it might do. It seems like from what I've played so far, that's very much what it will do. But again, I try to avoid looking anything up on it as I I think spoiling any part of it almost ruins the game. All right, Kay. You. We're going to give a spoiler to our audience right now. But if you don't know the answer, then no one has to go forward. Does a character die? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. My God. Yes. A character does die. <laughs> Fucking killing me yes. with that silence. Yes. Can you not? Well, hear maybe me? he was just building suspense. Did you think of that? Uh, well, the suspense worked. Okay. Let's go to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Let me take you back to the year nineteen ninety nine. Wait, can you not hear me? We can hear you uh, once. <laughs> what was that? Go on, Jay. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater what? One and Two Remaster. Once? Uh, I said yes like four once. times. Yeah, you. We only heard you one time. All I said was, "Let me take you back in the world to nineteen ninety nine, when the pop culture was populated by counterculture things and stuff." When the first Tony Hawk game came out and we all fell in love with Goldfinger Superman. Oh boy, boys, this is exactly what I've been waiting on for so long. I am a huge fan of the Tony Hawk series, have been since the first game. We don't talk about five, but this has just been nostalgia in a bubble for me. Have either of you played it? I mean, I played I the have. first one pretty recently on the Retro Gaming Podcast. <laughs> So I, uh, I may have. I played some of it. You did? You played some of it? I played some of it. Did you get your geisha board? Geisha board, and then I stopped playing. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, <sighs> Jenny, we both know here that I suck at describing games. Sure, yes. This is, this is a fact. This is a very big fact. But... <sighs> Yeah, I'm already struggling here. I just, I just really like this game. Are the controls tighter 
than <laughs> they used to be in the late 90s? Hell yes. Yes, they are. Did they By add a lot. Did they add tricks and stunts? Yes, they did. Did they add well, levels? kind of. Okay, so look, the game itself, it's a remake of the first two games, but it implements stuff that gets introduced in, like, the later Tony Hawk games. So you can do spine transfers, you can do flatland variants, like grind variants, that sort of thing. Like, if you double-tap buttons and directional buttons and that sort of thing to, like, increase your combo and ultimately just keep things going. Whereas, like, in the first Tony Hawk game, you couldn't do manuals. Okay, see, that's what we're talking about here. All the things that they, they added, like, why... Why should someone get it or uh, over, say, going on the PSN store and just buying the, the first one over again? Because this games. game's just better and easier to play and more accessible for newcomers to the franchise if you wanted to get good, so they say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So they added the mechanics of the newer games into a remaster of the first one. Did they add levels? No, they are levels from the first two games, and they did not bring back all of the secret characters, I'm guessing, for uh, copyright things, because yes, those that secret characters like Spider-Man and that sort of stuff, yeah. Is yeah. Bam Margera in it? <laughs> no, because he was not introduced until Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Really? I thought he was in the Actually, that's one. a little bit of an amendment here, because in the level from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, called The Hangar, um, it has, like, posters up of all of the Tony Hawk game covers, like, so, 1, 2, 3, 4, um, uh-huh. Underground, Thug 2, all so forth and so on. Bam's actually, type, like, digitally removed from the cover of Thug 2. Oh, interesting. I wonder if it's because he's having drug and other issues that have been publicly documented that are oh, making him a mess. Oh, come on. He's a famous skateboarder. <laughs> He's also very famous for being a drug addict right now. Oh, come on. You don't think they're all drug addicts? <laughs> I not mean, I all did of not them. say that. <laughs> God, that's like Michael Phelps. Ah, oh, he got caught smoking weed. Ah, oh, oh, everyone hate him. Get rid of him. Oh, by the way, weed's legal. Ah, oh, we love him. We'll sponsor you again. <laughs> I think from what I know of Bam, there's a lot of... Oh, I'm uh, sure he got the cocaine and sketchy. shit. <laughs> oh, I think there's also a lot of sketchy stuff going on around them that would leading me to thinking that it'd probably be smart for them to sort of digitally remove him from stuff. You say Yeah, so. but uh, it's just like a game cover. Does that really matter? It's a past game cover, I mean, I guess it cover, doesn't, right? but... I guess it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's like, it's not like they're gonna but, go out you know. there and, like, pick up the freaking old covers of Thug 2 and, like, Thug 2 Remix and, like, take him off the covers of them now. I'm sure it's, it's a licensing thing that they would have to it's get by. It could be licensing, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I was it's, thinking. it's like, um, college football games can't use the characters' images... That kind of stuff. Until they did. Until they did, right. So And then then things happened and they couldn't. Yeah. So uh, I know you love this game, Jay, and I know you wanted to, to briefly touch on it. Um, but much like the Yakuza remasters from earlier this year, won't be making our Game of the Year's list because of our rules. Well, no, it can make the Game of the Year's list. It just can't be top five. Mm, not this one. <laughs> hey. Just, just like you accuse the three, four, and five. They can't. They can't even make it. They're not Oi. different enough. Oi! I've had more fun playing this game than I've had playing some of the newer games this year. Well, I mean, that just makes it tough for you to decide on better games this year. <laughs> this is going to be on my top fifteen. You know that, or top ten. This will like be like a number ten or something. This will be on there. I veto it. You can't As veto podcast it. host, I veto it. It's my opinion. You can't veto it. I, of course, can. It's my rules. This is not a democracy, Jay. 
Hey, Jay, you can also you can always put Genshin Impact on there. Just Fuck you, Kay. Anyways, let's talk about Genshin Impact. <laughs> oh, my God, Kitty, ah, why? Oh, no. Am I still here? No. Yeah, still you here. have invalid opinions. Oh, God. That's so bad. What a huge leap. All right, Genshin Impact has an 80 on Metacritic. Uh, it's the lowest game we're covering on the list uh, to uh, so far. Came out September 28th, so it was a while ago. It's a it's a port of a mobile game on console. Uh, it is uh, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild Oops All Waifus, or Waifu of the Wild, however you want to call it. It is, uh, yeah, it's a mobile game. Your anime girls and whatnot playing Breath of the Wild with uh, uh, elemental attacks that you can string together, and uh, Kay, take it from there. I mean, I don't know how you can underestimate the powers of waifus. Clearly, that's that's the big power draw here, is waifus. Um, it's exactly what you said. It's just literally Breath of the Wild with combat. Uh, the combat itself was a little bit more deep than I guess you would think it would be. It does have a lot of like nuances to some of the abilities. Um, some of them string together, some of them don't. Some of them buff other abilities. Uh, some of them don't. Uh, a lot of elemental stuff. So if you if your character walks in like a, a puddle of water as you're traversing, you get the status on you called wet. And electrical attacks and ice attacks now have double the damage and can stun you or freeze you faster. The result. So it does have some combat sort of depth to it. Um, it has gotcha mechanics. So oh yeah, better, better pay. Better pay for them waifus, or, or you'll lose them forever. Yeah, it has. Don't love a, you enough. It has a buttload of microtransactions. If I'm to put, a, I guess, a positive spin on microtransactions, just to be different and change my tone for once, uh, it's you can play the game easily without doing any of that and getting involved. So at least there's that. Uh, I played this game for about what did I play for? Ninety minutes, K, something like that. I just got really bored with it super fast. I didn't find the combat all that super interesting. Uh, maybe it's because everything felt like it was too easy and I wasn't progressing yeah, through the game fast enough. Right. Well, I think some of the issues were is you needed to do story quests and in order to, when you do that, you unlock two other characters to add to your party. Right, I did all and that. And that's where you start seeing the sort of the combo. Right. Did you unlock the electrical witch lady? Yes. Did you unlock the ice sword guy? Yes. Okay. Did you also unlock the um when you get when you unlocked when you did certain um missions, when you completed certain chapters, you got ten free gotcha rolls. Did you use it to get your maid with the stone sword stuff power? Yes. Okay. So what you could do with some of that is if you keep the, the maid in your party, if your HP drops below 20, 30%, her shield ability immediately activates on whatever character you have in front party. That's all well um, good. I got, I, got, I got and understood the game mechanics of stringing abilities together throughout your different characters. Right. Well, so if you, used, if you use the lightning chicks, if you use her ultimate attack and you switch to the air character, you can take her attack and you can make it extended. You can extend her thing by using your ult on top of it. This thunder cloud, this like thunder tornado that'll do extra damage and can almost one hit kill the first couple bosses. 
Yeah, um, that's all the ice that, guy also has stuff like that as well. That's all well and good. I just didn't feel like the game was all that engaging. Uh, obviously, I didn't feel the story or dialogue was all that interesting. It felt very bare. It, it felt like a super bare bones game. Now, that being said, it is a, a mobile port and it's free. So in that sense, it's not much to complain about. But as for as for depth in keeping me engaged, I felt none of that. And that's why I just yeah, this really lost interest quite quick. So that that's uh, that's well, my take on it. was sort of the loop, the sort of loop of things. I think the loop is what got me because the story itself is not very engaging. It's no. kind of like, oh, dragon be corrupted by evil people. Go uncorrupt the dragon and beat the evil people. Um, but it's it's sort of the loop that kept me the, the go to dungeon unlock stuff find random chests in the world beat enemies stumble upon these ancient giant enemies that are like way too powerful for you early on like I stumbled upon this like cube thingy that looked really weird it's like, a, it's like a sparkling cube and it turned out to be a mini boss that like wrecked my shit like super fast yeah the um the one the one the big complaint I had. Uh, because I this all would have been totally acceptable and I would have been willing to put up with a lot more. Uh, again, this is, of course, just my taste with how engaged I felt I was, which was almost none, was the reason why we all booted this up is we wanted to play together because this has online multiplayer that you can play the stories. Uh, it does. Found out that you have to grind in order to get to a high enough level to do that. You can't just boot up the game you know, go through various tutorials, maybe a couple missions, and then gain access to the online. You have to grind for, like, it seemed like an entire day when I was, when I was like, okay, so I'm getting experience at this rate. It's going to take this long to get to each level. I have to get to, what was it, like level 16 or something? Or level 8? It was either level 8 or level 16. Level 16, yes. Yeah, 16. Level, level 16. 16. I'm, like, I'm like, fuck, I've been playing an hour and a half, and I'm at two <laughs> and these are the beginning levels which so you know, by any sort the... of experience thing and then i was like i was running out of story missions so it was making me do this this bullshit side stuff to gain experience to gain to that level like cooking food and going to this mission i have to do these things in order to unlock another story part that'll get me more but uh, that that sort of loop to even just get to that level to unlock online, I was, it just wasn't having it. It sounds like that you just didn't enjoy the grind. No, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. So some of the ways it it is it is, it is grinding, but it does have grind in it, and I do think that that's a bit of an issue, especially at level sixteen. There are tasks that I found out much later, once I was like level like ten or something, uh, that help gain more XP. So when you travel around, when you beat some of the bigger boss characters, like maybe some of the giant guys with, sh with the shields and the axes, those get you XP. There's also these mm. things called ley lines that you use this thing called resin that uh, over the course of the, your real-life day will, will return. Um, but you could do, I think, up to like five or six battles with these ley lines using the resin. And they're just like little small wave battles that give you like 100, uh, 200 uh, XP immediately, plus like a chest. Um, so there's those. There's some of the dungeons you can do uh, early on that allow you to build some of that. Also, unlocking those little guideposts, the checkpoints, that allow you to travel from place to place. Yeah, those the fast travel system is... Yeah, I, I, I appreciate any game with an unlockable fast travel system as you play the game. That's very nice, especially in an open world. 
Yes, and there's a lot of those things. There, but some of them are God dotted help on the me map if you miss one. Hidden. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's a lot of them. Some of the major ones are dotted on the map, but there are also hidden ones you can find that help you get to better locations with rare items are usually dropped. Uh, so it does do a few things to sort of help uh, get some of that XP a little bit faster, but it is a bit of an issue. There, right. They just introduced this little thing called um, commissions. That you could do like little small side things that are dotted on the map. Just, they usually rotate every like hour. So if you complete one, like one set of six of them, next hour you'll get six more. Those give you a lot of XP as well. There you go. That's Genshin Impact. Let's let's keep rolling since we have so many games to talk about in so little time. Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. First October game on the list. Uh, I beat this game in its entirety. I tried extremely tough to uh, like get all these things called hidden tapes. Uh, there's uh, unlockables in the game through uh, of cosmetics. Yes, you don't have to fucking buy them. So hooray, Crash Bandicoot! I appreciate that. <laughs> Can't believe I have to say that. So uh, Crash Bandicoot Four takes place directly, at least in timeline story wise. After Crash Bandicoot 3 warped, uh, it's definitely um, kind of playing on itself a little bit of that. It's like, no, 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 no other games came out after 3. Don't worry about those. <laughs> so it's developed by Toys for Bob. Uh, if you've never played Crash before, it is a kind of run up and down uh, platformer. So 2.5D is kind of what we'll, what we'll call it. Kind of a genre of its own. As uh, Jay got kicked out of the Discord chat. Oh, he says his mum called. So yeah, he's out of this for now. Can you still hear me, Kay? I can hear you. All right, so I'll keep talking at you. <laughs> Hooray. If you're a Crash Bandicoot fan, this is the sequel you always wanted. Uh, this game's shtick this time around is all about uh, masks. And throughout various levels, you will unlock, unlock various masks that invoke different abilities that function as kind of platform puzzles on stages. So uh, one mask gets you to slow down time. So you can imagine how platforms, you know, slow down uh, and you utilize that. There's one that phases objects in and out of existence. So you then reveal platforms. Uh, the later level has, a, has like a, a gravity mask. So you can go up and down like you're playing, um, oh, what's that NES game? <sighs> Can't think of the name. There's an NES game where it's like that. Uh, there's even different stages where you can play as different characters. So Dingle Di Dingo Dial and uh, the, the, <laughs> the main enemy, Neocortex, uh, you play as him. Those levels I didn't find all that interesting, but it was nice, uh, nice being a change of pace. Now, a character I really did enjoy playing as was um, uh, this, this uh, what was her name? We'll call her Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, okay. We'll call her Sheila. Uh, but she, she uh, each, each of the characters have a, um, a different sort of gimmick to them. So Dingo Dial has like a hover, a hover pack so he can actually jump. Uh, Cortex has a laser gun and he can't double jump. Uh, the Sheila has a grappling hook, so you know, best game ever, game of the year immediately, just with that gimmick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's there's all kinds of uh, shticks like that. 
And then after you unlock all the levels, uh, it unlocks what's called the inverted mode of it. So it inverts like all the colors in, uh, to the stage and it plays it plays the stage uh, like mirrored. And uh, that's how you can say unlock you unlock uh, different um, cosmetics for Crash and Coco that you can that you can play as. So it's super neat. It does a bunch of different things with each stage to kind of uh, it, it makes a bunch of replay value. Basically, it's really cool. Uh, I found myself replaying levels over and over again, uh, really wanting some of the challenges uh, to do well at. Uh, this, the, the story is just simple, goofy, fun Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Neocortex and um, Dr. Entropy. <laughs> get it? Uh, I don't get it. No, nah, you don't get it. So he, uh, they, they, um, they basically want to uh, break the space-time continuum. That, that's their goal. Uh, and they interlock dimensions, and uh, it's 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 not as complicated as it sounds. It's just crash, go to the level, beat it, and ah, oh, crash, you you damn you damn bandicoot, what's a bandicoot? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's very it's very self aware of its humor. Um, it gets immensely immensely hard uh, as you play through the game, but luckily there is. Two modes you can play in. You can play classic mode, where you have limited lives. That's the mode I played it in. I gave myself as big a challenge as I could I could handle. And believe me, it is ridiculously tough in those last uh, two-stage worlds that you play through. Uh, oh, I heard you. Oh, yeah. And then... Or the other mode you can play in is uh kind of let's call it the non fire emblem not permadeath mode so as long as you reach a checkpoint you just keep continuing from there and your actual like death counter just keeps going up rather than you have a limited amount of lives uh, but i was luckily to have that counter on classic mode and it showed me dying like 65 times on the last level of the game that wasn't the boss battle <laughs> So, nuts. despite my frustration, it was kind of that good frustration where it was, God damn it, one more time. <laughs> That's a game loop I got behind. I love platformers. This was right up my alley. It has an 85 on Metacritic. Uh, again, if you love Crash Bandicoot on the original PlayStation, if you loved the uh, trilogy remaster, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, is everything you ever wanted. The only complaint I have is the 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 viewpoint of it. The depth perception seems off at times and kind of jarring, like almost it's almost like there's a latency and distance issue to it all. Like your draw just isn't quite there. It's very strange. I I hope I had described it well enough. Um it didn't keep me from it it wasn't the reason why I was dying or anything. It just kind of felt off. Uh so Keep that in mind. So if you have, like, depth perception issues, then this game probably isn't for you. Because a lot of people don't don't like games where isn't it's... Isn't that a complaint about the trilogy? That was a complaint about the trilogy, yeah. Okay. So it's so sort of a similar issue then, I guess. Yeah. Um, this one this one kind of felt a little bit more off with that depth perception because I it... it like, some stages especially felt like it was very obsessed with this kind of upward type tilt to it 
so it looked like things were further than what they really are, but as you play through the level, it's totally fine. It's just that initial look at the stage. It's very strange. So I definitely recommend Crash Bandicoot 4. It's one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, great two months for video games. Uh, and great reviews all around. Uh, except Madden 21, of course. <laughs> that game did not get good reviews. Madden is a fantastic gem of a game that everyone should Madden play. Sucks anyway. I wish they would buy that game. How could you? Um, Super Mario Dude, Bros. You cannot play Madden though. You fall to the floor. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Super Mario Bros. Thirty-five. It is. Uh, it is. Um, uh, uh, Tetris. Not Tetris Attack. What am I? What? What am I thinking of? Tetris. Uh, Tetris. One hundred. One thousand. One hundred. Three hundred. What's that game? Ninety-nine. Tetris 99, thank you. Uh, it's like Tetris 99, but you're playing through the original Mario Bros. level uh, game, and it's just that. Collect coins to go stage to stage. It's really fun. It's uh, it's really fun with friends. If you're if you somehow get in a game together or you're all playing it at the same time, you're just like, ah, I got to stage three one, and that motherfucker hit me with four turtle shells. <laughs> Uh, and it's free. It's totally free. You do need Switch Online, though. Very addicting game. So, kind of free. It's free in the sense you need the service. I think that's for what it's worth. Genshin Impact is totally fucking free. You do not need PS Plus in order to play it online. Which then makes you it free not. for you. You grind level 16. That makes it super free, but you have to fucking grind all your way. Anyways. All right, so we've talked about all these good games, or at least games that, uh, in the terms of Genshin Impact, because it's free, I'm willing to forgive and forget kind of situation. Uh, a game I was wary about uh, basically since day one was this Ubisoft title called One Watchdog's Legion. It has a 72 on Metacritic. Our boy should be lower than that. A failing score by all sense of the words. It is by Ubisoft. It's an action-adventure open-world game. Summary! In the near future, London is facing its downfall. The people are being oppressed by an all-seeing surveillance state. A corrupt private military corruption controls the streets, and a powerful crime syndicate is preying on the vulnerable. The fate of London lies with you and your ability. Expand... To recruit a resistance and fight back. Watchdog Legions delivers a never-before-seen gameplay innovation allows you to recruit and play as anyone you can see in the iconic city of London. Every single character in the open world is playable, and everyone has a backstory, personality, and skill set that will help you personalize your own unique team. Bring your characters online and join forces with friends to take back London in four-player co-op missions. Bullshit. And game challenges and daily events. Welcome to the Resistance. So, the multiplier is not active until December. <laughs> That's why I said bullshit. Starters. <laughs> <laughs> the game is terrible. Even before all of that. I had, look, I loved Watch Dogs 2, right? Watch Dogs 2 was far superior and like a hell of an improvement to Watch Dogs 1. Watch Dogs 2 was a that. good game. Watch Dogs 1 had flaws, yes. Correct. Okay, so coming into this, I thought Watch Dogs Legion might be okay because, you know, fix the bugs, like work out the teething issues with the second game. But oh boy, <laughs> this game lacks so many things. And most of all, I'm going to say it lacks the main character. It lacks being interesting, first of all. Yes, it does. Because I 
cannot get invested in this when the main protagonist of a game is a faceless corporation, quite literally. There's that, yeah. And also, yeah. you... Okay, there's permadeath in the game. <laughs> well, if you turn it on, there is. If you turn it on. But what kind of pussy would turn... Uh, anyways, uh, don't turn permadeath on. It, that's a heavy mistake. And um, I found that out extremely quick. Because I'm like, I play Fire Emblem on permadeath. I can handle that pussy shit. I'm not gonna... Not gonna turn it off. So I spent like half an hour recruiting a character, doing all his bullshit... You know, saving his brother from prison or whatever the fuck it was. And then uh, he immediately gets hit by a car and dies. I was like, okay, well, oh, fuck JD, that. JD, 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 I'll go you one better. I was recruiting a person who was being chased by whatever the friggin' evil militaristic police people are. And the dumb son of a bitch ran directly into the my line of fire. Awesome. So and you killed him killed. and lost your character. Yep. Yeah, so uh, permadeath is absolutely broken. Do not bother turning it on. Uh, so the game's whole gimmick, if you will, is recruiting all these characters in the world. They can be anyone, anything, anywhere kind of situation. Okay, cool little gimmick, but you need a main character to recruit them. Correct, right? Correct. What does this game not have? A main character. Ah, well, there you go. So, you are a resistance leader of nobody. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. Yeah. The driving in this game sucks. The shooting in this game sucks. The stealth in this game sucks. Do you see a pattern here? Uh, yeah, a lot of... Th it has... You know what? It has the same UI as the Division 2. Which ah, isn't the worst sucks. thing in the world, but why would you keep something that, you know, isn't the best? No. It's all in that, like, pseudo-real-time menu pops up in the corner kind of situation, and it takes up so much real estate of the screen. Uh, the driving is atrocious. Oh, yes, it is. The driving is freaking awful. How many and times did you find yourself same. running into the sides of buildings by simply barely tapping left or right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times did you find yourself coming into oncoming traffic because you did that and accidentally cause a freaking huge car accident and then get chased by the police? Yeah. Okay, you've played yeah. you played uh, Driv Three R recently. Uh, I did. I played the original driver. You did play the original driver. Uh, this game's driving mechanics are worse than those. Also, the original wow. driver. That, listen, 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 listen. The freaking tutorial in Driver is more interesting than Watch Dogs Legion. Well, let's not because get crazy gonna, here. Hey, 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 hey. You're hey. going to be in that tutorial for the entire game. And hey, I learned something from the tutorial. I don't think I learned anything from Legion. I learned what a slalom is. Or a slalom. What do you pronounce that word? A slalom? Curiosity, like, <laughs> I learned what that word was. I learned Wait, something you from know, that game. On. Did you not know what slalom was? No, I did not. You think he's a skier? <laughs> no. No, I've never skied in my life. Talking to the Australian who's, like, seen snow twice in his life. <laughs> I've seen snow at least three times. Okay. It's okay. I grew up in Texas. <laughs> I've lived in the cocaine snow. Doesn't count. AJ, cocaine doesn't count. <laughs> well, the different kinds of snow I get here. snow falls me every kind. weekend at the billiards hall. I get eight balls all day. <laughs> Jokes, jokes. You didn't specify what kind of snow, dude. You just said snow. Um, so, that being said, there are some interesting people that I came across that you can recruit. I do like a lot of the ideas the game has, but they weren't executed in anything interesting. 
Like, I like the bee... I found a beekeeper where you can sick bees on people, so that's cool. Uh, every, each character has a negative. When you level up, there's a, there's a pro and con to leveling up certain abilities. I like those ideas. I love those ideas, right? It's a, it's in Hades. There's, there's a, uh, there's, there's a risk reward situation to leveling up. Those are great ideas in Hades. It's executed really well because you know, your pros and cons to it all. And you know, you're going to get stronger and better in Legion. It's done in a so it's done in a way where it's so bland. It actually feels very limiting at times where you go, well, this character's useless. So what's the point of it being created kind of situation? Um, are you telling me a Ubisoft game has great ideas that are faked? Shocking. Yeah, yeah. Look, here's the way I'm looking at it, right? And this is probably not a great way to look at it. But if they're going to do this again with, let's say, Watch Dogs Legion 2 or whatnot, and use this as a proof of concept like they kind of did for Watch Dogs 1, is it forgivable? No. But is it possible that's what they're doing? Yes. I mean, that's what they did with uh, The Division 2 with 1, except their mistake were the microtransactions of it all. Right? Yeah. Uh, but you think that for us, like, on a third iteration of a game, they should at least have the, like, the friggin' normal crap that you're going to do for, like, 90% of the game down pat. The, pro- the problem that Ubisoft is having is not nailing it on the first try. Right? It, the fir- it, it, this is too many times now, and this is why the company is really struggling uh, to make sales and ma- make these investments into these IPs worthwhile, is because they're running out of their good IPs. Uh, you know, you can only make so many Far Cries before people get sick of it or you run out of ideas, right? Just well, as an example. Look at Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, they've, they, they had to totally revamp the series, but what did end up happening to it? Unity happened happened and then syndicate happened you know back to back and they really had to take three steps back and visualize what they needed to do i like syndicate there are too many instances now where watchdogs the first one busted right uh division one busted uh uh uh, what's uh what's another example oh 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 um they have another franchise come out? Ghost Recon. Of... They fucked that oh, up real God. hard. Right? Oh, yeah, friggin' Wildlands? No, what was your sequel to that? Um, Breakpoint. That's right. Yeah. Wildlands was good. I like Wildlands. So, they keep coming out with... They either, they either burn a property in the ground, or they make a new one, and it busts so hard on the first try that when the next one comes out, or the third one, it doesn't sell nearly as much as they need it to because they messed it up. Here, instead of making Watch Dogs 3, based on their successful one, they had to revamp it into Legion with a new gimmick, mostly based in that same Division 2 aspect, but they couldn't nail anything about it other than they have a lot of... It's a game with a lot of cool gimmicks, but what do you do? And that's such a problem. It's such a bummer, because I can see, Jay, you and a lot of people were very excited for this game. And when I kept reading about it and looking at this, I'm like, I just don't see Ubisoft nailing this one. And sure as shit, they Very really did Very excited didn't. is a little bit too far for what I was. I was going to check it out because Watch Dogs 2 didn't burn me. Hmm. So I'll, I'll put this in. Um, so given the fact that they've done this now with, uh, with the Vision, the Watch Dogs, 
even Far Cry, right? How long until it's done again to Assassin's Creed with the new formula? Because they do come out with one new one almost every year again. Well, this is the first time since Origins that they've taken a two-year break, and Origins turned out okay. It wasn't my favorite. I preferred Odyssey to Origins, but... You know, Odyssey I came have... out last year? Yeah, Odyssey came out. No, Odyssey came out two years ago. This is a two-year break between Odyssey and um, Valhalla. Okay, okay. I'm just... So... My, what little contact I have with Ubisoft games these days, because uh, I stopped playing Assassin's Creed after 3, because it was such a bad game, I uh-huh. didn't want to touch it anymore. Black Flag was fun. I played a little Black Flag, but I was already burned at that point and didn't want to play any more Assassin's Creed games. Um, but it's like, okay, Far Cry 3 was good, and then 4 came out, and 4 wasn't, wasn't all that good. 4 was so MS3, just in India. Right, it was even the same map. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah, but they do this almost with every one of their properties. Almost, they're almost worse than Call of Duty in that regard. Where when they come out with new ones too much, they come up with ideas that are half baked, and then the next game they almost don't even fully bake the ideas. Sometimes they even scrap the ideas and want new ones. Well, go go look at Far Cry. That's the thing. Like the yearly game franchise that comes out, like with the annual releases, are slowly killing their own market. Right, and that's that's a huge issue. Uh, I, I I really think they need to Ubisoft specifically, and uh, you can argue some other publishers need to do this as well. But uh, they need to take a step back from these franchises, take good long hard looks at them, like they did with Assassin's Creed. Did they because they, they did save that from burning into the ground. They really did. Yeah, they did. So when Beyond Good and Evil Two comes out, they need to nail the shit out of that. I don't know when that's going to happen. Wait, wait. Did you not hear that the guy that was working on the game has left the project? The head guy? The guy that sort of came up with the whole idea for it? Oh, cool. Nice. So that game's never coming out. Great. Yeah, yeah. that game's never coming out. That right. game's done. So happy it's I brought that up out. as an example of failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, I heard the podcast called the Kazusupi People Podcast. They were covering it pretty heavily because one of the guys there was pretty excited for it. And it doesn't exist. It's just a, a, a highlight. Like a, what's it? A proof of concept reel. Proof of, proof of concept. Well, great. Yeah, because okay. the head guy is gone. <sighs> well, all right. Well, that yeah, no, uh, was in charge that. of the first one as well. That's the same guy that was that made the first game, and then he made this one, and then he's gone. So, so it's not coming you, out. Do you think they should stick with publishing that instead of developing like they do with South Park? I think perhaps they they could uh, put a pro. They could do a Tomb Raider type thing where they could give a property to a developer. Kind of like Bethesda did with um, Fallout New Vegas. Sure, yeah. It's a good example. I mean, I think they should take Watch Dogs and give it to uh, somebody that makes more Grand Theft Auto-esque games, because that's clearly what they're trying to go for with it. Like the GTA formula with a different twist to it. Why don't they just give it to Squeenix and then it can slowly develop into into a Sleeping Dogs 2? Oh... Speak my language there, Jay. There. Ah, my boy. Don't yeah, I you love, dare. I love, I love sleeping dogs. It's great. So do I. All right. Um, tears. Uh, I thought about this long and hard. And 
I'm going to have to give uh, Hades an S tier. Uh, Spelunky 2 and Crash in A tier. I haven't played enough of 13 Sentinels uh, to tier it yet. Uh, Watchdog Legion, I'm going to give it the, the, the... You know what? I'm giving it an F because it's made by a big publisher. I'm willing to uh, forgive a few of the other ones that I've given Ds to this year. But uh, Watchdog's Legion gets a big fat F. Genshin Impact, I think it's going to go into that C territory. If it if it wasn't a free mobile port, it would be lower. But since it doesn't have the engagement level, I feel it doesn't get above C. So uh, about where I think it belongs. Um, and that does it for me. Uh, Jay, what do you give uh, Tony Hawks, just for the sake of the audience there? Uh, high B, low A. B, low A. Okay. T H P S three, and then K. At this current time, where are you feeling on Thirteen Sentinels? If you were to give it a tier uh, S to F, um, right now, uh, I I I want to give it an S, but I haven't got to the ending, and I feel like that's very very important. Sure, a game so heavily on the story uh, relies right. on its end. Uh, yeah, so I'll give it an A, and. The S is tentative on how it sticks its landing. That's that's totally fair. I'm kind of I'm kind of in that same realm, uh, that that A B area, uh, and depending on how the the story continues to play out, uh, is very very reliant on how it nails that ending. Because I was very much the same way with Octopath Traveler. I was like, man, if this had like a congruent story with the characters, it would have done so much better with me um, overall. For those wondering, I, I do plan I, on beating it. I do plan on beating it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I did I did borrow it from a friend. Um, I'll probably like to me, it's the perfect game. I can't wait to go on sale because then I could I could buy it. I got to allocate my money somehow, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, for those wondering, I did beat Desperados three and Ghost of Tsushima in between uh, the couple months here. Uh, very enjoyable games, very enjoyable endings. I can't believe I actually put the time aside to beat Desperados 3. Uh, I spoke about both of them in kind of the finishing reviews on uh, the Retro Gaming episode. Uh, everything is there in the description, so you can find them. Uh, let's see. JD, can we make another tier for Watch Dogs? Uh, no. No, we need to put it lower than F. I mean, it's only joining Deadly Premonition 2 in that tier for the year, so it pretty Somehow much holds Deadly it by Premonition itself. Somehow Deadly Premonition 2 is better than Watch Dogs. It is not. <laughs> we're to rank F games. Can I tier Genshin? Sure. Can I tier Genshin? Sure. I'll agree with you on C. Yeah. There you go. We're all kind of in agreement with uh, with these games. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Uh, man, my game of the year list is looking, looking uh, quite fun. But uh, if we go by, like, ranked of the tiers, very interesting how uh, all our all the uh, top games will end up rolling out together as a podcast, because that's how we've come to a lot of these this year. What are our current S-tier games? Uh, Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Doom Eternal. Right. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so that's our current uh, top four. Hmm. 
Uh, so if we get one more, that automatically puts Final Fantasy VII at five, regardless. <laughs> so I have a quick question that well, has been addressed. Would you count Final Fantasy VII Remake as it's a different game since it's a very, very different story? It's technically, it, yes. it only borrows certain beats from the original story, but most of it's wholly on its own. You are correct in that regard, but it's still labeled as Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think that's more marketing than it actually being a full-on remake. Well, we, get, we, get, we give it the same treatment as um, not Link to the Past. Uh, uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening uh, remake and Resident Evil 2 remake. The story and the gameplay are already have already been made before. Uh, yeah, like you could say with that argument, like... But it's different enough different where game. we can still review it as kind of its own its own title, but you can't ignore that the game did previously exist. Right, but there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of things that are making super different. We understand like, that it's just our it's just our little podcast yeah. rule. Okay, I just, I was just wondering if what the stance on that would have been. Yeah. Well, now you know. Uh, November, we have uh, at least four games listed where, uh, that are up for just talking about here. Yakuza 7 Like a Dragon. Hopefully I can get through... I'm almost done with five, actually. I have only uh, You're doing a few better than I am. I, almost ha I only have a few chapters left, and then I got six to play. And then uh, this is going to be weird because I'm going to have to play a little bit of seven before, before the podcast. So, JD, you've got the opposite problem to I do, right? Because I, I've finished six, but I haven't finished five. Because like, I played Zero Kiwami... Six Kiwami two three four five. You didn't finish Judgment, did you? I didn't say that. Ah. Okay. When I talk about Judgment right now, it's we about will kill him. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't finished Judgment either, but I also oh, got the other reason Kay started playing Judgment was because Momo Watanabe was playing it. Yeah, right. It is, but also <laughs> Final Fantasy Remake came out right after I bought it. So. All right. So Yakuza Seven Like a Dragon, the RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Yakuza. Uh, it's going to be fun. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, a game that I came across that looked interesting. Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I have pre-ordered a PS5 copy, despite not being able to get my hands on a PS5. Uh, but I will have access to at least playing it. So JD, yes. leave Assassin's Creed to me. Because I plan on having it finished, and it's probably all I'm going to play next month besides Yakuza. Dude. <laughs> no, all right, Spider Man, I'm disappointed. All right. Oh, yeah, Miles Morales. That's a DLC pack. I mean, hey. sort of. Don't know that. I like, I'm excited for it. Miles Morales is dope, yo. Anyways, we're going to transition to my mom talking about Spelunky 2, and that'll finish the podcast. Thanks, guys, for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm eating curly fries. And we're here at the end of the podcast. It is time for Mom to Shine. Hey, how you doing? Good. So I guess the uh, Spelunky's been out for a couple of months now, right? Uh, September, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Figure I've been working you uh, so hard on all these podcasts. We'd uh, yeah, take some time I, I kind off. Of enjoyed the, yeah, I kind of enjoyed this time off. <laughs> I gotta say. 
this podcasting is a lot of work. You know well, that? You think it's a lot of work. <laughs> Look at all the shit I, I do. <laughs> I, I know. I don't, I don't know how all these um, podcasters do it on top of other shit. Well, but they I usually guess they quit. More money than you. <laughs> very quick. They usually well, quit very quick. No, but uh, unless you're making a lot of money, you well, know, then from it's a, then it's a sponsorship job. and stuff, you know, it's it becomes your job. Right. Yeah. Not something I want it to totally turn into, unless I'm making more than what I'm making now, then by all means. <laughs> well, you could probably be making more money than you are now, but um, you'd like to do this as your side thing, not as your main thing. Well, I'd have to have a much bigger audience, but that's, I digress. What is this game we're talking about today? Spelunky. Two. Spelunky two, actually. Spelunky dose. <laughs> yeah, right. So before the podcast and recording, you gave me a whole spiel over how you watched the documentary of the of the original game being made. Uh, you watched some of the first game to give yourself perspective. You went the whole nine yards in this sucker. I I, I took it very seriously. You know me, I always like, you know, when you got me going into something, then I got to find something else. And I'm just curious. I want to be well-rounded with my knowledge of uh, Spelunky. And I got curious because it was a fun game. I, I did enjoy watching it um, and uh, not feel intimidated by watching it. Mm -hmm. Some games intimidate me when when you're going god dang this is really dark or i don't know if i really want to keep watching this game um because to me game the games some of these games are a little, like watching a freaking movie some of them are yes uh, i think we've got i think we've got you doing a a, a lot of uh diversity over the course of the year yes, I, I have been very diverse but I did like Spelunky. It, it Spelunky too. It, it did um, uh, pique my curiosity. Okay, this is Spelunky two. What does Spelunky one look like? And very similar. And uh, I was able to uh, enjoy the the music a little more than I than I did on Spelunky two, only because I was trying to find. Um, just to be able to watch it, but it seems um, now they got their the stupid player embedded in the game, and it kind of it's to me it's a little distracting to be watching or you know seeing the guy talking while I'm supposed to be watching the game. It was kind of distracting to me, and it took away from hearing the music that I really wanted to hear, mm. and. Um, you remember and who I'll, you who you watched this time around? Of course, I, I always write that down because I knew you would ask me. <laughs> okay. So for Spelunky two, I watched IGN and Northern Lion, and um, I found this to be interesting when I when I um, brought it up to watch that it actually has violence and blood. So, well, yeah, is that Car later cartoon. on or something? Because I didn't, I, I mean, violence, I see more violence on TV than I did in this game. I don't know what they were talking about. Well, it's, so uh, that's, that's something left, that's something left over from the early 90s when they, when the government made them start at least putting those things on boxes. So if it <laughs> has any sort of blood or death in it, you have to say violence. Oh. Even if huh. it's a cartoon character. Because if, it, <laughs> 
mean, you watch Last of Us Part Two, where the dude gets battered with a golf club, and then you can cut to this one where it's this cartoon character going bleh. Yeah, I just, I got taken aback by that because I was like, what? <laughs> My God, you have an egg-shaped egg ship, you know, and uh-huh. uh, there's 255 episodes of this game. Well, okay, so the, the way... Um... Our sections... All right, so I'll, I'll give you a little backstory then. It's developed by Mossmouth, uh, directed by Derek Yu. I believe he made the first game by himself. And then he had to. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. You watched the documentary, <laughs> and then the second, it. the second one, he had to outsource uh, because he wanted this out on more platforms, uh, or at least with the PlayStation Four on release. It is a what's called a rogue-like game, mom. And what that okay. is is uh, you go through a series of stages and levels. And when you die, you essentially start over, and when you go through it again, it's randomly generated in, a, in its theme, so you're not playing through the same level twice. It's, it's put together uh, differently than it was before it. That makes sense? So... You don't even start where you died from. Correct. So you're starting... A new adventure because you uh, died. You could say that. You could say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That okay is um. I kind of caught that, and I thought I was seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you've Wasn't ever. No, I've never been here before. Wait, what? And I just kind of shrugged it off. I go, well, maybe I was just seeing things. I don't know. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> yeah. Ra- so yeah, it's, it's, it's randomly generated, uh, stages and, and, um, levels. And, uh, you reach points in which you'll come across, let's say a boss. Once you like go through f- four stages, you'll reach the same boss. And then you get by that boss to go to the next four stages uh, and maybe it has a different theme to it, but the level itself will always be randomly generated differently within that theme each time you die. Okay. So it, okay. it, it tries to keep things fresh, but you don't have to uh, continue playing the same thing over and over again, even though okay. you a common criticism of this style of game is it feels like you're playing the same thing over and over again. So the reason why you might see someone on YouTube playing like 200 videos of this game is because it has, if you get caught up in this loop, Mm -hmm. uh, it has incredible replay value. Ah, okay. Because I think there's like four different endings too. Yeah, and you always want the different endings. Maybe you want to challenge yourself and say, okay, I'm going to go through this uh, only using this weapon or this amount of this item. Um, it's a it's a very it's it's a spin on old school gaming in a sense where uh, that's what they were that that's exactly what they were um, gearing towards, because I know the the uh, the gentleman that created the music, he wanted it to sound like old school video games. He wanted those certain things for this game because of that. 
Well, I thought the the I, I've played the uh, I played the first one quite a bit actually, and mm-hmm. the second one I was anticipating it and see like, okay, what are they going to improve upon? Is it going to be a super different game? Are they going to try something new? And mostly, it's the same game as the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just uh, a lot of things are improved upon. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what a lot of sequels kind of tend to be. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. I thought the music in the second one is tremendously better than the first game. I wish game. I could have heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, after a while, I'm like, well, I, I couldn't find any. And I, I searched See if I can... several different. And so I could hear the music. And I just, uh, I had, I, that's why I ended up going to Spelunky and just checking checking it out to see if there was anything different between the two and it ended up being, of course, very similar. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely improvements from uh Spelunky one to Spelunky two. There you go. I sent you a little, uh, little, um, YouTube video. You can watch, uh, afterwards over okay. the music just by itself. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. And, and if you want more, there's, um, Various playlists uh, you can find over the first and second game, and you can mm-hmm. kind of uh, hear the difference between the two. It's it's really good. It's um, it I th- I thought it meshes better together with the stages. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it picks up and slows down in the right places of of you know various creatures and whatnot coming at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked a lot of the improvements of just the way the game controls itself. I did have to change a couple of the controls. Mm-hmm. Because the character, uh, when you first boot it up, the character has a um, constant run on, and you actually have to hit the button to make him stop, rather than you hold a button down and he goes, and when you let go, he stops. So in that oh, sense, I it's... that you can actually uh, change uh, the motion, so you could have him walk through. Right, he that's can... what I'm talking about. Yeah, he can walk. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, thought that was I don't. I don't. Cool. It's it's kind of it's kind of cool because I've played games like that where it's a lot of uh, kinetic motion to it and you uh, it gets you to play differently. I tend to not like games like that, but the uh, at least the option was there to change the current controls back to something I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I do like it when games uh, uh, the creators actually do do things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game does offer uh, multiplayer support uh, for four player online. So you can have a kind of co- a cooperative game to yourselves and uh, a competitive mode if you so choose. I thought that was neat. Um, one of the big improvements in the game is its uh, physics system, uh, particularly with water. And because it's uh, called Spelunky and it's very cave-based, right? Because that's what a Spelunker is <laughs> when you go Spelunkin. Um, you always see like water flowing throughout the stages uh, down in, in, in uh, various ways. So as a as the geologist, I quite appreciated that. Well, I like, uh, I guess, uh, because it was three years ago that when uh, when something lands in the water, then it becomes ice when it's when it dies, it flows to the top, and it's an ice cube. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool because <laughs> they brought life life to the cave. I guess. Yeah. 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 It was fun. It was a fun game. I, I I could actually see myself being able to play the game and I not believe be that's only the second one you've played this year that, that you could say that. 
Right. Uh, it'd be too terribly intimidated, I think, um, based on the ease of it to, for me to see, um, to be seeing it played, I, I could enjoy it until I died. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like dying. The dying part kind of is frustrating to me. And I know that's the, the, the gamers probably frustration too. They don't, they don't like to die, you know, well, of course uh, not. but, um, if you die in the cave, you have to start all over again. Do you start all over again? Is this a new story then if you die in the cave or are you actually still in that, um, in well, that you're, you're still in that universe. It has this loose kind of, uh, dimensional shift to it okay uh but yeah you continue the story um there's another oh, game i continue the story but i'm uh you know when when we've died before in other games we we start from where we died but the scene hasn't changed right just just the level kind of changes up a bit it's rearranged uh through procedural generation okay yeah yeah um but yeah, when when our main character Anna she dies, she starts from the beginning of the level again. She retains most of her, or she loses most of her items, but you do keep like various key things. That way, the longer you play it, uh, the 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 stronger or easier it gets to go through the levels. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get you to watch another game that came out in September called Hades. It's very much like this, but it's uh, it's based in Greek mythology. And you're trying to escape the four levels of hell. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very much like this. And it's called Hades? Hades. Hades. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, you'll have to send that to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll discuss what uh, what game from November you want to check out. Yeah. I got two in mind for you to choose from, but you'll de you'll definitely have to get back to me on Hades. Okay. Since you like this one so much, because that's one of the best games of the year, and it's just like this. Oh, okay. Randomly generated all kinds one. of things. Hmm? How long did it take to make Hades? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh. Let me look it up. <laughs> uh. I like all the secret worlds. So as you're going through this, do you, do you have an option to go to a secret world? What or, do you mean? Well, so you reach a level... When do you get to a secret world, or what? Or, when do you get to the next stage yeah, of the like world? Mothership. There's an ice cave. Um, oh, which is, I mean, plant world, cosmic ocean. Is that just the different levels, and they call yeah. it secret world? Yeah, I. I mean, so there's different like doorways and stuff you can find and get to, and that can uh, change your path to the end. Uh, slightly different than the last. Again, that's that's all things put in the game to gotcha. keep you okay. wanting to play more. Uh huh. I'm trying to see when Hades was starting to be developed. Uh, it seems 2017. Uh. Well, then that's pretty. Pretty short. Pretty quick. Yeah. That's so. a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. I really want Spelunky Two to come out on the Nintendo Switch specifically, because mm -hmm. uh, I have the first one on my PlayStation Vita, the handheld PlayStation. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I just find games like this really fun when I can kind of play it in bed and go through, you know, yeah. 20, 30 minutes of something. And then if, once I had my fill, then I could just like kill the character and uh, continue another day or just, you know, put it in sleep mode and pick it, pick it right up and play. That's what oh, makes nice. these that's what makes these games super enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I liked about this uh, this game was that you had your arrow. It could help you uh, where you need to go. Um, if you want to, you, you don't you don't have to go exploring in the cave. If you go in the into the the doorway to the cave, um, you may or may not get something right. Right. And so you may or may not want to go to the cave. You can just immediately go where the arrow goes onto the next thing, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think I I like that. You don't, um, but you still have to collect things, right? Yes. You, yeah. You want to collect money. You want to collect treasure. Because yeah. you uh, still have to to you still have to reach some reach a a. Now, what I want to, how do I want to say it? Um, you want to reach a point or collect the correct amount of items where it can help you progress through the stages faster and or easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Of course. Yeah, I, see, I read your mind. I Mother and son. That. I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh my god. What did you think of picking up the 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 dopey looking dog character Monty and chucking him <laughs> at things and Well, I was going to ask you the purpose of that dog. Cuz he can die and he can come back to life. You can throw him here, you throw him there and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you, he, you take he him to the end of the if you take him to the end of the stage, you can keep him keep yeah. him going. Yeah, I I think that I I even like the name of the dog Monty. Yeah. I think it's a great name for that dog. It's for like that Monty dog. Mole. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Like his dopey looking eyes that look like they're spaced out, and his tongue's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game. It was really fun to watch. It. Um, I I enjoyed it. I would recommend this for for anybody. You know. Um, what is the age range for this game? By oh, it's the way, e for, it's E for everybody. I feel oh, okay. uh, with the with the violence and blood and the death thing. I'm sure it has like a T for T rating, thirteen and up. I, but you know, I I don't get that. I an eight year old certainly can handle it. You know, when I was eight, you would have disagreed. <laughs> no, I know the game you wanted when you were eight, and Robert down the street told me that. Oh yeah, he can get that. I'm like, <sighs> do you remember that game? I had to have a discussion with Robert, your babysitter. <laughs> Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably was Twisted Metal. But then I had Contra on the NES, where I'm killing aliens, and anyways. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, um, I just don't see it. I don't feel that. Um, I, I wouldn't have a problem with, with an eight-year-old getting this game at all. Uh, you know, I, I see more violence and crap on TV than I do in this game. Totally. Well, yeah, just turn on the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so um, for me, uh, I mean, even 
uh, if you had a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a six-year-old watching this, let's put seven in there too. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely not seven-year-olds. You've, you've gone too far. That's a weird because, age. You got to be very specific. Ages between, four to six, eight and up. <laughs> between four and eight, you know, I don't see, I just don't feel the, the blood violence and gore that they're coming up with for this rating. I just don't see it. I, I, if I would have seen it, I would have seen it in the amount of time that I watched it mm-hmm. in both Spelunky and Spelunky 2. I don't see it. I think it's a miss, missed, uh, missed rating that that doesn't deserve that kind of rating. I think. Um, Let's see. I'm going to check what the rating is. Well, I, I'm just going by what I saw violence and blood. Um, what the heck are they talking about? just not seeing that kind of a rating for this let's see i don't even you know okay p no i can't say pg-13 either (laughs) no no anyways anyway i liked it i would give this one um do i have a star rating on these you have uh we have tiers for this uh S being the absolute best, highest possible, then A, B, C, D, F. A grade, uh, if you will. Well, I would give this an A. Not an S? Well, okay, an S. Oh. S-A. <laughs> S-A. Good Do we joke. we have an S-A? <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> I do. I, I, I really like this. This game. Mom approves. Yeah, and you're required to bring Spelunky. Well, I'd have to bring my PlayStation Four for Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought it was. I thought you had it on. on, uh, I have the first one on my Vita. I could bring. Yeah, do that. Okay. Because I really would like to play this game because it it really it really intrigued me to um, see if I could actually play the game. Hey, okay, we got we got first. I'll, I'll bring uh, Animal Crossing as well, so you can get into that. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Okay, mom will get her hands on some Spelunky and Animal Crossing New Horizons. She won't just watch YouTube videos, but mom, mom has approved Spelunky two S rated game of the year. There you Excellent. go. Yep. Well, thanks, Love mom. Hey. Well, I guess I guess uh, we'll hear you next time for the wrestling podcast talking AEW. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. All right. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.